Hello, I'm Carol Tonietti, Chief Curator at the Norton Simon Museum, and I'm here with Gloria Groom, the Chair of European Painting and Sculpture, and the David and Mary Winton Green Curator at the Art Institute of Chicago, as we look at the Art Institute's depiction of Vincent van Gogh's bedroom in Arles. The Art Institute's picture will be hanging at the Norton Simon Museum from December 9, 2016, through the 6th of March, 2017. So, Gloria, again, thank you so much for trusting us with this iconic treasure from your collection. Can you walk us through the painting and describe to us what, what we see in this picture? Yes, of course. I'm happy to be here. The bedroom is probably one of our most iconic and popular, and it pulls you in. So you're looking at the actual bedroom of the artist when he stayed in the south of France in a town called Arles in 1888. And in the fall, he decides that he's been working, decorating feverishly, and he's going to paint his bedroom. And so it's a very important bedroom because it's the first time in his life that he has furnished everything. So we're looking at the bed that he was so proud of. The paintings on the wall are his paintings. There are two chairs with rush bottoms that he had bought using the money that he got from his brother. He just kind of went wild and furnished the whole house, but particularly his bedroom. And there's a little table with a washstand on it. There's a, I guess you would call it a dish rag or some kind of a towel hanging on the wall. Behind the bed post itself, behind the pillows, you have a clothes rack where he's got three of his work jackets, those sort of blue shirts that you would wear to go out into the fields. He has his straw hat. So everything that represents him as an artist, but also, as he said, he wanted the bedroom to represent absolute repose. It's an intriguing space, but it's also very unusual to be looking at a bedroom. Nobody paints bedrooms with Mm -hmm. no one in it in the 19th century. We should probably go back for a moment and talk about his great expectation of welcoming Gauguin to this, what he called his Studio of the South. So, Gloria, can you explain to us, if you can, or try and interpret Vincent's state of mind as he worked on the Chicago picture? Sure. I think first I need to clarify, though, that the version that you have and that's in the Art Institute's collection is the second version, which wasn't actually painted in Arles. It's the one he did almost a year later because he was afraid that the first version, which is in the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam, was water damaged and had some problems, and he was worried about its survival. So he painted this painting. So while it's not painted in Arles, it certainly represents that period. He was in absolute anticipation of Gauguin coming. He was nervous. He wanted to make sure that this artist, Gauguin, who was also self-taught, but who was successful in a way that Van Gogh was not, would find everything that he needed in the South and that he would stay and that together they would form this artist colony and other artists would come and join them and it would all be sweetness and light. So my thinking about this bedroom is not only did he decorate his entire house, he decorated Gauguin's bedroom, crammed it full of Van Gogh's paintings. (laughs) And unfortunately, of course, that wasn't 
tumultuous and rather disastrous stay, but the bedroom endured, and Gauguin liked it, and Gauguin complimented him on the bedroom and a couple of other paintings, but not very many. And so Van Gogh also held it in great esteem, which was why he was so worried about it being damaged and why he did this version and then even another version for his mother and sister. So his state of mind then, when he's working on the version that is now housed at the Art Institute of Chicago, it was probably a lot different than the time when he had um, anticipated Gauguin and he was painting the first bedroom in Arles. Other than his concern about the condition of the first version and wanting to duplicate it or replicate it for his mother and his sister, is this unusual for him to paint the same subject three times? No, it wasn't unusual. He did this a couple of times before he painted his bedroom in three versions. But I think what is different is that he changed the pictures on the wall. He made some significant changes to all three of them. And the idea that he was painting a copy from a copy, he was looking at the original as he painted our version. Mm -hmm. So those kind of stand out and make it a little different from the repetitions that he would do. And the changes he made are very significant and speak to your comment about his mindset when he did the first version, when he was anticipatory, when he was excited, when he thought that life was finally going to change for the better and he would have a companion, which everything in this bedroom suggests, the two pillows, the two chairs, the dual portraits on the walls. But when he paints the second version just over a year later, he's institutionalized by his own hand. I mean, he puts himself into the asylum at Saint-Rémy because he realizes that with his seizures and the problems he's having, he, he needs to be taken care of in a way that he could not take care of himself. And then you find the portraits on the wall have changed to be not the portraits of friends as they were in the first version, but now a portrait of himself because he's living by himself. There is no other friend. And this imaginary woman, a made-up woman. Mm -hmm. In fact, that was leading to another question I was going to ask you about those paintings on the walls. There is one painting of a tree at the head of the bed that reminds me of our own mulberry tree by Vincent that's hanging nearby in this gallery. But our tree was painted in October of 1889, so that's a month after your picture was executed. Do you know that there is a picture with a tree in it that is the same picture that we see in the second version? Well, you can imagine we've looked at these very carefully, trying to identify everything in the room and where could it have come from. And we think that the tree is the one called the Rocks, and it's in the Museum of Fine Arts in Houston. Mm -hmm. And it seems to have the closest composition to what we can see in this really schematic painting on the wall in our painting. Mm -hmm. But I could see why you'd think the mulberry tree would be a close analogous one to it. I think that he's always giving you a sense of himself. And in the third version in the Musée d'Orsay in Paris, it looks like he's actually copied one of his own watercolors of a pollard tree from the Netherlands, as if uh. he's giving his mother and sister something that reminds him of where he was from. In his short lifespan, Vincent really had just 10 years as a painter. Looking at these other paintings that surround your picture, does this 
work shift in style or execution, is it like other artists who have a wider lifespan? Uh, they seem so similar, these three pictures, but are they painted differently? Well, that's the beauty of being able to see all three of them together, which rarely happens. Which you you did. Which we did for three months only, Mm -hmm. where you can actually look at those surfaces. And I think the biggest change is between the Amsterdam, so the first version, and the Chicago version. Because he talks about the Amsterdam version, and he says, you know, I'm going to make it like Japanese prints. And if you look at the way it's painted, it's very solid areas of color. He wanted it to represent repose, and it is smoother painting. And ours that he was doing in the asylum is partly because it has a few condition problems, but largely because of the way it's been painted. It's very broken up. It's much more graphic. It's much more agitated. And there's that large area of the supposed red tiles, as he describes them, which are anything but red, in the foreground and taking up one-third of the painting. Those are really, really different than the way the Amsterdam painting is done. Mm -hmm. As we are more polished and advance in scientific studies for paintings, we're being told that Vincent's colors are different than how we see them today, that his colors actually have shifted because of the way that he's made them or mixed them or the fatty acids that are in those pigments. But in this case, do you know if the colors have morphed from in, in your painting from one shade to another? Well, we have a lot of evidence to absolutely think that the colors have shifted. One, he talks about these. He says the walls are lilac, the floors are red tiles, the bed is yellow, Mm -hmm. and he gives you a blow-by-blow description of everything in the room. And so you're looking at this painting, and the walls are blue, and the tiles aren't red. They're kind of a pinkish-white with green. And so you know something has happened. And we did an analysis where they took a tiny, tiny sample of the wall Mm -hmm. and found that indeed Carmine Lake, this red color, had faded. And simply by turning over this tiny, tiny sample and looking at the backside, the part that wasn't exposed, they know that now anywhere that that red was mixed has faded. And that means the walls, which have now shifted to blue, not faded, but shifted, and the floor, which is no longer the bright red tiles. Whereas other colors, such as the bed, the yellow of the bed, the red used in the coverlet, those colors have remained absolutely stable. Hmm. Fascinating. Vincent continues to fascinate all of us long after his short life. It is amazing to hear you talk about color shifts and shifts in emotion, You know, when you walk up to it, you see it as a brightly colored composition, and yet it seems so poignant in many ways, and I think that we read into his life and often try and understand what was going on in his mind, but he is an enigma. He is someone that we will always be fascinated by and will always hold secrets for us, I think. I thank you. Gloria, so much for sitting and talking with us about the paintings. And I am grateful to you and your board and director for allowing this incredibly cherished picture to come to Pasadena for all our visitors to see. I'm delighted to have it on the West Coast, and I look forward to seeing it out there. Thank you. We look forward to having it as well.